Hello. Welcome to Sports Beat After Hours. I am Hema Hemuli Jr. As always, joined by the internet Jesus himself, Mr. Sean Walker. I thought we I thought we went over this before on the last podcast. It's not internet Jesus, it's internet Buddha. Okay. Now I'm just now I'm just making fun of all sorts of religions. So <laughs> I am an equal opportunity maker funner of He's really reached uh, Nirvana, and then we're also joined by as oh, always, wrong Nirvana, the lovable local Canuck Zach Hicken. What's up, guys? I'm uh, this this is what like our eighth podcast. Is it eight or nine? Yeah, let's just say eight. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we've been doing this for a little bit. It's probably the most consistent thing in my life right now. I think so, too. Um, <clears throat> it's definitely more consistent than uh, the amount of time that I'm spending with my wife. Uh, it's definitely the time that I'm spending here. <laughs> so, uh, sorry, babe. Um, does, she, does she listen to the podcast? I doubt it. Yeah. That's okay, though. I think my mom I feel used like, to. I feel like this is the type of podcast that uh, we'll call her D, because I don't know if you've yeah, given her fine. name on the pod. Fine. I feel like this is the kind of podcast that, that Dee would really appreciate. Uh, she maybe would. I don't think she would have enjoyed last week's. I was telling her about it. I was like, <laughs> it was so awesome. We talked about Star Wars for like an hour, and she's like- She just checks out. Wow. <laughs> you guys are losers. I was like, I didn't say we were cool, but- um, did, did she respond the way most of my friends do when I start talking about Star Wars and go, no, no, I don't, I don't really like Star Trek. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. And then, and like then my blood boils. has Star- and anything in it except for Star Lord. I think she's a big fan of Star Lord. Dancing with the Stars. Dancing with the Stars. Actually, no. Um, they they lost a, me as soon as Lindsay Sterling didn't win her season. Oh my gosh, that's uh. She that's is a fan girl. of. Uh, so you think you can dance, but ah, not Dancing with the Stars. Also um, lost my interest as soon as Chelsea Hightower didn't win that one. But good. Hey, I met Chelsea Hightower when I was sixteen. Really? Oh, best night of my life. Utah County Zone. <laughs> Utah County Zone, Chelsea cool. Hightower. Oh, I was like dying, and I like went back, and I was like thought I was like some big stud. I went back and looked at the pictures like a while ago. I was like, I look like I'm twelve. <laughs> yeah. So in other words, it was like last week. Yeah, last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> but you look good. You you've grown out the scruff. You don't look twelve anymore. Uh, yeah, I look. You've, you've more graduated. Like I'm like maybe sixteen with this scruff. <laughs> so, uh, you know what? I'm trying something new. Um. I'm going to try putting Rogaine on my face and see if that <laughs> helps grow out my beard a little bit. Yeah, you're the only one without a full beard right now. Yeah. Which is... Well, I mean, McKay, we oh, right, still right. haven't gotten him on the pod, sure. but... He refuses. Twitter, tw- Twitterless McKay. Yeah. Podless McKay. At mpet3. M underscore pet3. Is it underscore? There's an underscore in there somewhere. I don't think there's an underscore in his hand. This is how much we pay attention to Twitter. Let's bet 10 bucks. Okay. 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 So I say. How about no, how no about underscore. an Alberto's uh, breakfast burrito? I'm down. Let's shake on it. M pet underscore three or M underscore pet three. Okay. And then I just say straight at M pet three. All right. Drum roll, please. Ah, oh, damn it. Okay. Guess he gets a nice, delicious burrito. I do. It is at M pet three. Shout out to Impet3 on Twitter. He's uh, probably the best video editor I've ever seen personally with my eyes. Uh, wizard in the I, editing bay. I still haven't seen him personally with my eyes, so he's kind of a myth. 
He, for every heard, for every time, lore, though. well, for every time, every time I see him, it is not with my na- natural eyes. Oh my gosh, <laughs> you're seeing through the veil. <laughs> oh no, guys, we're going to hell. First, first I start off with Internet Jesus and Internet Buddha, <laughs> and now this. By the way, McKay is probably the like obviously the most wholesome person in 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 sports beat. I yeah, cer- certainly in the KSL sports <laughs> team. No offense, Jeremiah. He's probably oh, no. a Jeremiah close second. Jeremiah's probably a close second. Jeremiah's sure. a close second, but all the rest of us are going to hell. Oh, yeah. Man. No, that's for I, sure. Do we want to do a who's going to hell ranking? Okay. Let's just do let's let's keep it a little bit simpler. Impromptu. Let's just keep it a little <laughs> simpler and let's uh let's power rank the uh KSL sports team um power power rank the top 5 in terms of uh, worthiness, okay. shall we say? Like, like if you were to call one of them on like an LDS mission right now, okay, who who's the most ready? Like one through five. Like, can we count the intern? Uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Why okay. not? I think the intern's number one. Right. He yeah. doesn't know what he's getting into. Yeah. He's still like bright eyed and bushy tailed. Yeah. So he, he walked in the other day and he was. I don't. I don't even know this intern. So you met him last I've, week. He didn't show yeah, up this he, week. Yeah, he still doesn't have a name. Yeah. Or really well, a Well, it's face, just though. intern for now. Uh, I've only fair. seen him once. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Um, so intern one. Okay. Okay. Intern one. So is intern like the Alabama number one in this ranking, or are they like the Clemson number one? Alabama number uh, one. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then number two, obviously, McKay. McKay. Number three, Jer. Obviously, Jer. Now, now we get dicey. four. This is where we like this one's tough. This is like a very steep <laughs> difference. Um, so, so we're all we're all pretty sure it's Rod at number four, right? Week. Zippy, right at number I four. Didn't. You went to church? Zippy at number four. <laughs> I would. I'm number four. Okay. Okay. All right. Sean, that's fair. That's fair. Sean, you impressed me with your language this week. <laughs> very colorful. Like like Joseph's coat, I, Sean. <laughs> I think you might be ahead of me this week. Uh, I, <sighs> oh, like he cleaned it up. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Um, so can I confess something to you guys? Yeah. I haven't, I haven't been to the ward where I am assigned to go to church in like nine months. Okay, that's fine. Well, you at least that language up. that language is very carefully chosen. Yeah. So should I should I explain? It's it's very Mormony. Okay. You're attending so another ward, obviously. Real quick. Yeah. So, um, I recently uh, flunked out of my young single adult ward. Oh, is it because you're too old? Because I'm too old, <laughs> and I don't want to admit that I'm too old. And yeah. also, have any of y'all ever been to a mid single adult ward, no. especially one in Utah County? Uh, we're both married, so mm. no. Yeah, they're creepy. I they're I real creepy. Take your word for it. Yeah, they're so creepy, and so like. I'm technically supposed to be going to that ward or like a local family ward. Also, not creepy, but just weird family wards. I hate family wards. Um, that's another topic for another podcast, probably. But you show. went, so I would but, say. So yeah, so I've been going. So I've been going to this YSA ward for the past several months, even though I'm technically not supposed to. And I don't know if the bishop has caught on yet or not. I'm just kind of avoiding him every time I like walk into the foyer lane and like see him. I'm like, oh nope, gotta go over here now. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So uh, Sean is number five. Number six. That's my lucky number, so I'm good with that, I guess. <laughs> so we're saying Rod's number seven. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm below Rod. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe uh, we should give Rod the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, he's a good guy. Rod, Rod, Rod is, is a, a return guy. missionary. 
Hick, you're going to hell. You're number eight. Or I number seven. I didn't go to church this week. Number eight. I didn't go to church last week either. Um, I have a conflict in that uh, my shift at KSL, <laughs> which is owned and operated by the uh, intellectual Re- church, intellectual reserve Inc. Yeah, the church that uh, I am a no, member not, of. Not the church. Intellectual reserving. Sorry. It's owned in through several layers. Kind of like an it's MLM. Owned, <laughs> it's it's oh, owned like by... MLM of news. Oh, this podcast is going to hell for sure. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I really well, hope that, like, this has been a fun. listen to this. This has been a really fun speaking, final episode of the KSL <laughs> After Hours podcast. Speaking of levels, okay, let me just get this out there. I finally saw Ready Player One. I know. Hold it's up. like... Hold up. Like... Several months behind it, Thank you. Thank you. I know. Finally it's, unlocked uh, that achievement. I've been gosh. waiting to play that for you, by the way. I know. Uh, I liked it. I know you guys are saying you're going to love it. I loved it. It was great. Everything I thought it would be. I didn't read the book, though, so I don't have any skin in that game. But uh, I think... Do you guys want to talk about that for a little bit? Yeah. Well, I think last week we talked about we were going to talk about video games, and so this is a good kind of entryway in it because Ready Player One's a movie about video games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it really is, and, and I got to say we got to keep this conversation a little bit short, guys, because um, I've got a couple special guests coming into okay. the studio. Uh, a couple members of the Utah Warriors going to join us for a few minutes. Nice. We're going to talk about some meat pies. We're going to talk oh, about some. Love uh, it. Yeah, we're going to talk some rugby. Um, so I don't know. We might, Zach, you're probably going to want to excuse yourself because I know you don't do rugby. Yeah. We'll, we'll see if you don't have to like go Hema or something, but, um, <laughs> we'll see. So let's just, let's keep it short, but ready player one. I mean, I love the movie. I love the book even more, but the movie is still great. Zach loved the movie. Yeah, I, loved I the think movie. it was good. I remember I, I went and I, I loved it. It was awesome. Yeah. Did you catch, like, I was curious to know if you caught like, all the 80s nostalgia that it's packed oh, full of. Oh, there was so much. I mean, right from the beginning, like, playing Van Halen's Jump. and right. I mean, the soundtrack is phenomenal. Oh, amazing. Um, especially if you love, like, 80s rock, which is, like, uh, kind of in my formative years. Okay. Um, I was listening to, like, a lot of, like, mid to late 80s and early 90s. So I'd say, like, anything from, like, ACDC to, uh, like, Nirvana and Pearl yeah. Jam was kind of, like, that era, which I know those are two different eras, but like sure. probably they're really close. Stretch, they yeah. butt up against each other. For yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, they they run into each other. They blend a little bit, but um, yeah, the, the, it's like my formative years where like I decided I wanted to learn how to play guitar when I was in high <laughs> school, and so I would like I still know to this day how to play Hell's Bells on oh, my guitar, cool. which is uh, that's like my crowning achievement in life. <laughs> I can play that and. Uh, uh, the Black Parade by My Chemical Romance oh. on guitar. <laughs> so um, yeah, so like lots of eighties nostalgia. I freaking loved it for that reason. Uh, I was born in eighty seven, so I kind of missed obviously the whole eighties craze. But my parents, they were all about that. And growing up as a little kid, that's like all we listened to was and watched. You know, watch those movies, Back to the Future. Um, I even watched uh, The Shining, my first one of my first rated R movies I ever saw. Scared the crap out of me. And that was all in Ready Player One. Um, so I, yeah, I gotta give that an achievement. Oh yeah. I, so I actually do. This is we're we're gonna kind of go off just for a quick second, just a short tangent. Okay. Uh, when it came to like rated R movies, um, do your parents like 
they probably watched the first rated R movie that you saw. You probably watched it with your parents, I'm guessing. No. Oh, really? No. Okay. My parents did not want me to watch rated R movies. It was the first one I watched by myself. So the first rated R movie I watched was actually a Stephen King movie as well. Okay. Um, it, it was, well, based on a Stephen King novel, uh, Stand By Me. Oh. Which I guess at the time it came out, it wasn't rated R. And so like my dad like showed it to me. Uh-huh. Um, and I guess it went back and was re-rated because it was like originally PG and then they went back and like changed it to a rated R movie. Interesting. So I was just curious if like that happened with you guys, like your no. parents like showed you a movie and like it ended up being way worse than they remembered. <laughs> and so they were like kind of like freaking out. I had a similar story like that, but it was with Airplane, right? Okay. And my parents. For, for the record, not rated R. Right. It's PG-13. Right. But it probably would be R. Would now. it? Now. What it? It's got boobs in it. Yeah, like here's the thing, like all the James I, Bond yeah. movies, especially like the uh uh like the originals, I think like half of them have nudity in them. Like and like the Sean Connery movies right. and like they're all rated G and PG <laughs> and he's like sleeping with women and gallivanting and um well, my, there's my, my. exposed breasts. Yeah. Well, my, my, my. There's I mean, yeah. Right, Mike Leach. Right. Love Mike Leach. Um so yeah, anyways, love love the movie to get back. Yeah, like, Ready Player One is great. Um, we were talking a little bit about that earlier, and what were you saying, Sean? You just, you're just saying you wanted to, um, you Easter asked me, eggs. yeah, you wanted to ask me about Easter eggs, right? Oh, yeah, so so one of the good thing, one of the beauties of Ready Player One isn't the actual movie itself, it is all those hidden little tropes, those hidden little Easter eggs. It's obviously a movie about an Easter egg in the literal form, right? but there are so many little just hidden moments that if you're not really looking for them, you can totally miss. And so I'm curious um, as somebody who kind of knew that they were coming, but didn't really know how Mm -hmm. they were coming. I'm curious how much you caught sort of what you saw in just like those little moments that may or may not pertain to the plot. Right. But we're, we're there. What I'm thinking is that basically I'm asking, did you like King Kong in this movie? (laughs) <laughs> I did like King Kong. Yeah. I So let me get, I'll get to your question. I think the beautiful part of the movie is that anyone that is familiar with any of those Easter eggs, right, will all see something different. Well, yeah, there's so much different pop culture that's like combined in this movie uh-huh. that, um, I mean, upon first viewing, there's probably stuff that uh, is going to be very different that I noticed on the second, third, fourth, fifth, and so on. Um, I mean, I think the one thing that I was really hung up on, and I still haven't been able to get the answer. Um, I think it's like Gundam or like Gundam the, Wing. Gundam Wing. That's Gun- what the it Gundam. Was. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Hey, I tried to like Google search this for like an hour afterwards to find out because I remember watching. Oh, it's the Gundam. Yes. On uh, Boomerang and Cartoon Network oh, as like Boomerang. a little kid, and I could not find it for the life of me. I I remembered almost everything else, but for some reason I couldn't find it, and so I must have so, been spelling it wrong. But yeah, I think my favorite thing personally was either. Pac-Man, or there was a Dragon Ball Z Easter egg in there, correct? Uh, Goku was fighting in the final battle. Yeah, okay. so I think Goku was my favorite. So, let me get to Sean's question. I only remember the beginning sequence where, um, I guess, at the beginning. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. If you haven't, if if you're one of the like three people in America that has not <laughs> watched Ready Player One, uh, skip ahead probably like... Yeah. What five or minutes? Ten minutes? Or if you don't care? Yeah, ten yeah, minutes somewhere in there. Um, uh, so we just we just get we have to throw that out just in case. Okay. There so, will be spoilers. Skip ahead about ten minutes or so if you don't want them. But 
So right. King Kong is basically just to, be, just to be nice in the first challenge. Basically, King Kong is the boss. He's like right before the end. He's stopping everyone from reaching the finish line. And the spoiler is the key to to finishing the level is actually to go backwards at the start. Um, which why, do, is, why, do, why can't we just go backwards? Exactly. Why do we always have to go forwards? And so he goes backwards. Backwards as fast as we can. He passes underneath King Kong, and that's the only part of King Kong that I remember. I mean, I, I saw him several other times. Um, so you'll have to like clue me in into what other Easter eggs pertaining to um, King Kong are happening. Um, let me talk. So in in that King Kong okay. in that in that scene with King Kong, um, next to the building that he rises out of, uh-huh. did you see the theater? No. From the Shining scene. No. That's a fun one. Oh, yeah, that's a really fun one. Okay. So basically proving that like this entire world is like interconnected. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, it's kind of cool. Well, I, that makes actually sense. makes sense though. Like it would have to be kind of interconnected. I don't know. I it's mean, from the same brain, I guess. Yeah. If you, if you think about it. Um, not, not necessarily because this, this is an entire universe. So. Right. Um, so yeah, so gun is actually, so the suit that, what's the guy's name? The samurai guy. He, this is another spoiler later uh, on. Daito? Yeah. Da- no, Shoto. No, Daito. Wh- whatever. Daito, right? He uh, saves, comes in to the rescue in the final fight against Mecha Godzilla, which is awesome. But he is in the original like mobile suit Gundam, is what it's called. It's like the original Gundam. I remember watching Gundam Wing growing up, which is like the second or third iteration. I don't remember. Where Wait, no, was. isn't doesn't he call on Heroes Gundam from Gundam yeah. Wing? No, it's it's like it's he like the it, first one, isn't it? Hero, it's Heroes Gundam, isn't it? That he. Hold on. I'm going to yeah, look this we'll up. Keep talking. Keep talking. Okay. Anyways, when he comes out, that I remember that so so distinctly because that's that show is kind of what made me fall in love with uh, different animes that kind of are suit-oriented. Um, also, like, video games that are suit-oriented, like uh, StarCraft and, like, shows like uh, not only Gundam Wing, but... Uh, Hell, even Transformers. Like I, I saw Gundam before Transformers was a thing. Um, and just to clear it up, you are correct. I stand corrected. The model of Gundam uh, acquired uh, in Ready Player One is the from the 1979 anime Mobile Suit Gundam. Okay. So um, I stand corrected. I'm cool. sorry. No, it's it's I'm good. I'm sorry. Man. I like I didn't even necessarily. I just remember that that the model that he comes down in is just like not mobile suit Gundam. Mobile suit Gundam had like way cooler like features and stuff on them. But yeah, that was one thing that I grasped from the show that I was like, Holy cow. Like I remember that. And it brought back all these memories and I'm sure other people have had different experiences as well. I'm sure you have Sean. I remember you mentioning and it's, it's not necessarily a memory thing, but like you noticed like tracer was in, one of the scenes, like the bat final battle scene, right? Right. So what what was cool is there are there were always going to be like some severe licensing issues uh-huh. uh, for this movie Darth Vader. in trying to adapt Ernest Cline's novel to the big screen because he just he makes so many references and he has so many different characters mm-hmm. from so many different movies and comics and magazines and universes and whatnot that that trying to cram them all into one movie was going to be just a licensing nightmare. Sure. So what? So what Spielberg and Co. did um, in in the film 
was they actually took out a lot of the stuff and they signed a contract with Blizzard Entertainment, which Blizzard does, spoiler, uh, Blizzard does not appear. Like, no, no, there's not really anything from Blizzard Entertainment that appears in the novel. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a brief mention to World of Warcraft, but it's like cursory. It's very passerby. Okay. Um, so they took, so the, the studio... Uh, they they signed a contract with Blizzard Entertainment, and they took a whole bunch of stuff that they couldn't get rights to, and they just replaced it with Blizzard characters. Oh. So that's why you saw um, there were several Overwatch characters. Tracer was very prominent. There was a there was a Roadhog who was very prominent. Um, I think I saw Soldier seventy six, but I'm not positive. There were there were a couple of them, um, and, but there were also StarCraft characters. Yeah. Jim Rayner played a significant role in one scene. Uh, there were some Protoss characters. Yeah. There were a bunch of other like orcs and stuff from the World of Warcraft. So yeah. So there were there were a lot of Blizzard mentions in particular, um, and I'm pretty sure it's because they couldn't license some of the stuff, so they just kind of like threw it all in there. Yeah. Interesting. There was a medic. There was a Starcraft medic in there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. But yeah, I like I like the movie overall. All the nostalgia, man, just hit me right in the feels like I remember a lot of that stuff growing up and that's probably why a lot of people liked the movie was it how well well was it received like critically did people like it uh it's gotten pretty good reviews it made a lot of money I mean it's kind of Um, a blockbuster movie so it's not gonna be yeah like it's it's there there are there are people skewering it most people find it really fun yeah, it's a fun it's more than anything. It's a, like you're gonna go to the movies or it's, at home. Like, it's not rewatchable except to like the most diehard of Ready Player I One think it's fans. But I think it's just if you want to have fun, like you said, or like rewatch it to have fun and remember, like oh, like I remember this game yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I, yeah, I definitely. I don't think I'm rewatching it for the story, but I think for the nostalgia, like you talked about, mm-hmm. I think that's something. Or maybe to see if there's anything else. Like I'm, you al- I'm almost after like your conversation. I want to see if there's anything that I missed. To yeah, see. I'm um, I'm gonna watch it again for sure. Yeah, for that reason. I mean, as far as like, yeah, it's not another thing that that is in the film that's not in the book. Chucky. Oh yeah, Chucky. Chucky was awesome. Yeah, that was yeah, crazy. I was well, a I big fan of Chucky. The, my favorite scene was probably that uh, the Shining. Because I think I thought it was so well done. It and was way well. This done. is from someone who really enjoys The Shining and like um, has seen it several times and um, even likes to like poke fun at like some certain parts of it. Like uh, I'm forgetting the name of the wife, but when she's like running around, like yeah. it's like I laugh at that scene every <laughs> single time when she tries to run. Um, but, but but like I, you know, after playing first plays first person video games or like rpgs and stuff looking at that movie and that scene imagining how i felt seeing the shining for the first time like if i played a rpg that's that's the shining i would freaking kill myself. could you imagine <laughs> doing so that with uh, vr though because oh, like vr is a thing now and yeah. like we're getting to a point i think the first like big vr game that came out for playstation was the new resident evil game Oh, which cool. like looks looks absolutely terrifying, and like I pl- actually played the demo for it, and I remember playing it like three o'clock in the morning in my house, like with all the lights off, and the original game is that uh, what you're talking about, or the VR game? No, so it's the guys, original. Guys, don't don't cover your eyes. I can't hear anything. 
play with us, Danny. Forever. And ever. And ever. All right, I just had to play that scene. Sorry, while we were talking no, about The Shining. Okay. Uh, I was just going to say, oh. as far as like virtual reality... Are you, are you creeped out yet? Games, yes. Super creeped out. Uh, as far as virtual reality games, uh, that new Resident Evil, I think it was Resident Evil 7, looks absolutely terrifying. Oh and I played the uh, I played the demo, so it wasn't the VR version, because I'm not rich okay. and can't afford VR. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it scared the freaking hell out of me. <laughs> and uh, I remember like I freaking scrambled upstairs and... like closed all the doors to my room and like <laughs> I'm sitting there and I'm like if if uh I wake my wife up and she knows that I'm scared she's gonna kill me because like <laughs> she tells me not to do stuff like right. this and I no, still exactly. go ahead and do it. Um I think the other I can't remember the name of the other one. Um it was a game that ended up getting cancelled but it was a demo for Silent Hill. Oh another one. Um it's super creepy. Which is absolutely terrifying. But I played that years ago and scared the crud out of me so um yeah i think uh the future of vr gaming is going to be awesome and i know sean and i uh we both own something that i think is revolutionary in what it is which is the nintendo switch um i'd love to see nintendo kind of dip its foot into virtual reality with games maybe like mario kart or super smash brothers oh that'd be cool um or even Zelda. I think Zelda would be awesome. Zelda would be cool. Yeah, another a Zelda game with the uh, VR element would definitely be sweet. Yeah, for sure. Uh, talking about Nintendo games, we just played a round of uh, GoldenEye for the first time. Yeah, Hema brought in his <laughs> Nintendo 64 into uh, our office. Um, I've actually never played GoldenEye before. What? Yeah. That was the first time? So that was my first time playing. I killed Hema three oh times. I actually played it really me. well. I was getting so... Frustrated though because <laughs> these stupid things don't have the uh, the stupid uh, Nintendo controls don't have the dual joysticks. Right. So There's like I'm like sitting joystick. there like trying to uh, aim and stuff and I couldn't do it. Once I got it down, I actually played pretty well. But yeah, that's my first time playing Golden. That's crazy. Um, because with like the 64, uh, you know, it kind of phased out of popularity by the time I was like nine or ten. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't really old enough to play it. Um, but like my games on the 64 were like Banjo Kazooie, uh, okay. Mario 64, Mario Kart, and uh, the two Zelda games that came out on that console. Um, and then another game that I loved that Loki you mean, was you like, mean one one Zelda game oh, that came out Sean, on the console. Are we gonna cut get into this conversation right now? <laughs> are we I just, start. I don't want to start anything. Okay, I don't want to start anything. But. I'm gonna tell you guys this right now. Okay. The best. Zelda game of all time. Hot take. Hot, hot takes, takes. Hot takes. This is a hot take. The best Zelda game of all time isn't Ocarina of Time. It's Majora's Mask. You shut your mouth. Okay, it took on what? It's a better storyline. It's the actual care. nerves that I have playing that game. I, I get care. nervous playing that game, and I get scared. <laughs> I don't um, care. Like, I still, to this day, I don't am, care. like, terrified of, like, going to that fourth temple. I don't care. Um, up the Valley of the Dead. Oh, yeah. So it's it, that game's th- that game is perfect. I don't um, care. Ocarina of Time is really good, uh, and I know Sean doesn't agree with this, but um, even I think Wind Waker is probably my number two, and then Ocarina oh, of Time is my number three. What you don't even you don't even have a link to the past in your top three. Oh my gosh, I that's so up. disappointing. Okay, so okay, that makes sense. My first yeah, my first experience with a link to the past. 
I think I was like 16. Um, because I didn't have a Super Nintendo, and I was played the Game Boy Advance version, so it's not the same version. I mean, that know? I was 16 and playing A Link to the Past. Okay. So what are your? Is that your number one? Uh, yeah. Would you say? Yeah, that's probably that's probably. My I, I do. Th- I will say this: A Link to the Past is by far the most influential Zelda game out of any game in the series. It's got the best story. Okay, but it's basically the same story as Ocarina of Time. Yeah, but it's told better. Yeah, which Ocarina of, the, of Time is basically the same story as Twilight Princess. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> but Twilight Princess was actually really, really good. I enjoyed Twilight Princess. Interesting. Okay. For th- to be fair, to be fair, I'm I'm not just a pure a Zelda purist. I put Breath of Breath of the Wild in my top five. Breath of the Wild's fantastic. Yeah, I don't. I mean, here's the thing: there's not a bad Zelda game. Um. Ex- this is this is a part of the podcast where your wife tunes out, I think. Except Zelda way. 2. I tuned out a long time ago. Zelda 2 is the only bad Zelda game. Um, Breath of the Wild, in the first month that I got it, I think I played over 150 hours. Wow. That's crazy. Like, it, it's so That's addicting. about a week. Yeah. That's about a week. Yeah. I don't think I for did me. anything else yeah. except for play. I took, because of the portability of the Switch, I took it everywhere with me. <laughs> the I, commercial's I like, real, though. No, I literally, I would take it to school with me. And in between classes, I would play in between classes. That's awesome. And I would go, if I had a break, um, I would bring it to work. During my lunch break, I would play it. I took it everywhere. And there's so much to explore in that game. Um, I'm not sure if you guys have played... Uh, I mean, I know Sean's played Breath of the Wild, so we're basically just kind of um, explaining this to Hema, yeah, but... I haven't played it It's yet. kind of like Elder <laughs> Scrolls, where it's like this giant... Totally open world. world. Yeah, completely um, open. Where, like, you can really like choose your quest like as you want to go um i know sean kind of had an issue with it because there's not really like any key story plots unless you go because you can go literally you just have to play the intro which is like getting off of like this plateau once you're off and and collecting the main items um the the uh, relic tablet whatever thing um and the uh, glider once you do that you can go and fight ganon and yeah, it's very and it's very non-linear. Yeah, gotcha. which is which is different from pretty much any RPG out there. Yeah, like it's so open that you can just go wherever. You don't have to do things in in a particular order. Like Ocarina of Time was also open to an extent, but there was still a basic order, a basic well, systemic yeah, like you, order. When you were getting the spiritual stones, you yeah. had to go. Yeah, uh, but you could you, you get the three in a row, and then but once you got but to, you could like, you could mix things. Line, you could kind of change things up a yeah, little bit. Yeah, you can mix things around, do some side temple. quests. Yeah, and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Get get different items to kind of help you with with certain uh, with certain parts of the game that you may or may not have necessarily needed per se. But yeah, yeah. So I there mean, there was a little bit of openness, yeah. but this like but but Bow took took an open world like two the next level at least in terms of the legend of zelda franchise is it yeah. I'm, so what i'm gathering is there a lot of are there let me t- tell me this are there any like mini games in breath of the wild plenty plenty there's oh, yeah. 120 mini dungeons four main dungeons um which i was kind of disappointed in how simple they were um because and i i understand to a degree why that was because of the number of these mini dungeons which some were very complex Okay. Um, but the main dungeons, honestly, I probably beat each of them in about twenty to twenty-five minutes. Okay. Um, which was kind of disappointing for me because I remember, you know, playing like 
the two wa- the water temple and then I guess the other water temple and like Majora's Mask and like each of those taking me like several hours or um yeah, just like so many different levels in Zelda games over the years that took a long time to beat. Mm. Um like I think of uh is it Snow Peak Ruins and Twilight Princess and um the Tower of the Gods and uh Wind Waker. There's a lot of really great dungeons and dungeon designs throughout the history of Zelda and this just that's probably pretty much the only fault I have with that game is that they're very simple and I would like to see um, Nintendo improve on that in the next game that I'm assuming will kind of be from the same vein hmm. um, because of how popular it was but just improve on the dungeons this this is where we realize that I am much worse at video gaming at least on a console than Zachary Higgin because the it wasn't a water temple but the equivalent of the water temple in Breath of the Wild probably took me close to an hour <laughs> really <Wow>. yeah <laughs> I I could not get past that final boss I See, I, I died at it probably like four or five times. And the, the bosses were so generic in it. And then, but but that's also me because, so one of my best friends, he has like a three-year-old who actually beat the game like twice before I beat it once. <laughs> um, and he like walked right through that part of the game. Like no problem. Yeah. So I think it's just something that I was doing that I just couldn't figure out. Yeah. A lot of it had to do with, yeah, I won't go into it, but. Yeah. 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 Well, I'll just say this. Like the bosses are all very generic and. Basically, like the main right, key. and it's it is very basic. Yeah, yeah. The main key to like beating each of them is like I, I believe it was the elemental arrows or like an elemental weapon mm-hmm. for that area it was like what gives you an advantage. I mean, there was other weapons that could help. Whereas, like you know, the typical Zelda game is like you go through this dungeon, you get the key dungeon item, you use that to help you progress through the dungeon, and then you use it to beat the boss, mm-hmm. or like Majora's Mask. Um, you would use uh, the mask that you got before you go in there to kind of help with the puzzles. Use that to fight the boss, as well as the elemental arrow that you got in there. So interesting. Yeah, that's a uh, wow. You guys play a lot of Zelda. I played some Zelda, but not as much as you guys. I got to bring my, my Switch in for you. Okay, let's try it out because you'll enjoy it. I, I mean, mean, I've seen it. My brother, little brother has one, so I've like played around with it, but I haven't been able to dive into it. Um, but with all these games that I hear are coming out that should be coming out soon, I freaking really want one. So you take a look at like what's already come out. I, I know we've talked about this in past podcasts. Nintendo has hit it out of the park with this uh, with with this console. They they completely recovered from the abomination that was the Wii U. Yeah. <laughs> so props have, props to Nintendo. In um, fact, let's, they uh, took a lot of, like, old, let's give them an achievement for that. Okay. They took a lot of old Wii U games and improved on them, like the the ones that were like very well done, like Donkey Kong Country, Tropical Freeze, uh, Splatoon. They made the sequel to it. Mario Kart, um, oh, yeah, Zelda, Mario Kart. or what's the Hyrule Warriors? That that would explain why I have n- no idea why there's a Splatoon two, but I've never done anything with Splatoon one. Splatoon 2 is awesome. Yeah, Splatoon 2 is amazing. For a while, uh, I legitimately had no idea that there was a Splatoon 1. And I just thought it was really <laughs> weird that this franchise would release, release a game <laughs> starting with the second one. Interesting. Apparently, awesome. Splatoon 1 is a thing. I don't know. I've never played it. It, it was probably, I would say, probably the most successful Wii U game, probably besides... Uh, I mean, they had the Zelda remakes, 
in HD for uh, Twilight Princess and Wind Waker, which were both awesome. Um, I don't have a Wii U myself, but my brother does, and so I played those. And then uh, I Mario Kart 8 and then probably Splatoon were, like, the four biggest games for that console. Um, I just it was so basically, console. it was it was a Nintendo console, but it wasn't better as a Nintendo console. No, yeah, it just yeah, the, the Nintendo Wii U was an epic collapse. It's awkward. All the momentum that they built with the Wii, but they brought it back with the Switch. And I tell a lot, like I tell everyone that I come in contact with, like if you enjoy gaming, and you're even if you're a casual gamer, um, but you have like nostalgia for these games that you had growing up, like get a Switch because they have. S- so much capability with this hardware that they're going to be using this platform for years um, and building on it and uh, re-releasing games, old games, stuff like that, that you're going to be able to enjoy once again. Well, I mean, I I got really attracted when they said that they were teasing that Smash Brothers was going to be on uh, Switch, which I think will be freaking awesome. So I think we'll probably get a re- uh, release date probably Pretty in the soon? next week because E3... Nintendo's day on E3. I looked this up because, um, so I, uh, in case you guys don't know, I'm going to cue you in on a really good tip. If you have Amazon Prime, you can pre-order games um, and get 20% off. Wow. So I always, um, I always kind of line up like, uh, uh, like what games are going to be coming out. So I'll pre-order them before they come out so I can save. It's 12 bucks, but it adds up because like basically buy five games you get one free wow um so uh i was looking for e3 because nintendo announced uh the new pokemon game um which is basically they're gonna go back to the old like red and blue and yellow roots i was i was gonna say it has a lot of pokemon yellow to it yeah i'd say it's more pokemon yellow um but it's that generation that first gen but they're mixing it they're combining it with pokemon go and it looks so awesome um that I so I went to go see the release date and then I looked to see what else Nintendo might be announcing. So they're uh, at E3. Their convention day is November 9th. So okay. I, the main games that I think we're gonna kind of get kind of answers to are uh, Metroid Prime Four, Oof. um, and uh, Super Smash Bros for the Switch. And then there's gonna be a ton of other games for like PS4, uh, like Days Gone, um, uh, Dead. Death Stranding or Death Standing. I can't remember what the name of that is. Uh, and then I think the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Wow. Hopefully we can get an answer for that. That'd be great. Because I've been waiting for that game to come out since Final Fantasy, before Final Fantasy XV came out, um, which Final Fantasy XV was fantastic. Really? Yeah. I haven't played past ten. So fifteen. Uh, I have the ten remake, actually, on my PlayStation. Oh, cool. And I That's love a good that one. game. But fifteen is su- such a well-done game. Um that game I actually remember getting, and I think I have put – I know I've put over 120 hours into it. <laughs> uh, it's like open-world concept. The the it, They take it from a turn-based RPG to kind of like a live action Interesting. type of thing. Um, it's, and it's a lot of fun, and the storyline's really good. And, like, I don't get emotional in video games, but, like, you kind of get emotional with the storyline, and you're really tied to these characters, and um, you really – like I just really enjoyed it. That's cool. So, so I don't know if Sean played it, but it was a good game. It's just interesting because like I remember like the original Pokemon's. I remember the original uh, Final Fantasies, and like it's all turn based, right? Yeah. And I'm really interested to see with all this new tech coming out, what how they're gonna change. Like I thought Pokemon would be sweet if it was 3D and not turn based. Like 
just open world like you shoot electricity at people whenever you want you try and hit them you know what i'm saying yeah so it's so another in other words if it were like pokemon go but not on your smartphone yeah but except you fight which i think this game's kind of like that like cool i'm really intrigued to see what this game's going to be like and i know that they're still going to have like some leveling up type of things gym battles the elite four but i've been told that it's going to be different than what it was before so Hmm. um that's at least what i've read and there are like in the trailer that they released, there are like, there is some showing of like Pokemon battles and fighting trainers and stuff like that, but still having that Pokemon go element in it where you can just throw a Pokeball at a Pokemon, which will be sweet. I I do like that part of Pokemon go, but I think fighting leaves a lot lacking for sure. Yeah. And gym battles. I never liked how that works, but uh, yeah. Um, Anything else to cover? I think we talked a lot about stuff that we wanted to talk about. Well, I think we have about. some guests coming in, is what Sean said earlier. Right. Before uh, we bring on the uh, rugby guys, because you know me, I love me some rugby. I also love me some meat pies. And uh, coming out next Wednesday, what's the date? Yeah, Wednesday, uh, Wednesday, June 6th. I think that's the 6th. Yep, June 6th. June 6th. I like yeah, 12, at, uh, 12 noon to one thirty. the uh, Utah Warriors are going to be hosting a Pies and Tries event. And we're so not talking can, like marine calendars pies, guys. Yeah, so you can you can register online for this. Uh, if you re- if you pre-register, you'll get a guaranteed New Zealand meat pie. Oh, so good! Um, and then two tickets to an upcoming Utah Warriors match. Which spoiler alert: there are only two left in the regular season, both at home. Wow. Um. Yeah, it's I know, a quick right? Season. Yeah. Uh. So June sixteenth is their next match. This Wednesday, they're going to be doing an exhibition at Warrior Field. Uh, in Lehigh, Pies and Tries. Um, they'll do like kind of some rugby tutorial and then uh, just connect with the fans and yeah. eat some New Zealand meat pies, <sighs> which I'm really excited about. Have you ever Because had one? I've heard these are amazing and I've never had a meat pie. Oh my goodness. I can't. So I got to so I gotta get, before, before, I, uh, before I bring in, um, and I just got word, uh, Alex Tucci and. Uh, uh, John Cullen from the Warriors cool. are here. They're downstairs in the lobby, so I'll go get them. But before I bring them in, I want to get your unbiased review of the New Zealand meat pie. Have a Hamuli Junior. Oh, yeah. I, what What is it? What does it taste like? Amazing. Like how How would you describe it? Uh, so honestly, it's almost like it's almost like a hot pocket concept. Delicious meat on the inside, but the unlike hot pockets where like the outside is kind of gets kind of chewy after you cook it and like whatever it's it's more like butter flaky crust on the outside uh it's like so like so like an apple pie yeah kind of like an apple pie um like for mcdonald's is that you're talking yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, Yeah. like flaky on the outside but on the inside it's like a delicious meat and gravy uh filling oh Uh, man that's yeah yeah. just like beef and gravy and then like flaky butter crust that's like exactly what i could go for right now they're great what's the what's the most popular meat is it like a beef thing or chicken or can you kind of mix and match um it's beef and it's just like minced meat pies it's basically what they are Mm. just like smaller versions like you know like in um england like if you get a minced meat pie it's like a big pie you slice it up you divvy that out but like it's like smaller tiny pies single serve pies that are delicious i can eat like 10 so uh yeah in in new zealand you can also get those at like mcdonald's too by the way they're like a dollar um great stuff so i can't wait to hear what these guys say about the 
the meat pies. Pies and tries, Wednesday, uh, June 6th, 12 to 1. It's going to be awesome. Uh, I can't wait to eat those pies. I can't wait to see you try one, too. I think you're going to love it. Yeah, so with that, let's uh, let's get to our featured interview with the Utah Warriors rugby team talking pies and tries. Joining me now on the line here on the Sports Beat After Hours podcast, just landed uh, in Salt Lake City, I'm told, from, uh, from Austin, Texas, right in the middle of their Major League Rugby school. Uh, slate. So we thank them for joining us for a couple minutes. You guys may remember uh, the first Utah Warriors rugby player that we've got from his days uh, at the University of Utah. He played football up there. John Cullen. Hey, what's up? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, no, thank you. And uh, second, his teammate now, but uh, former rival, I think, played. Uh, he played football at Colorado State and other stops, uh, Alex Tucci. Hey, how's it going? Hey, guys. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast for a couple minutes uh, to talk some rugby, maybe to school me and how little I know about rugby, uh, to make fun of my uh, <laughs> my really weird accent or something. Um, and then uh, also talk about food, which rugby and food, I mean, are there two better things in the world? Yeah. Um, not really. They pretty much go hand in hand. <laughs> uh John, John, let's let's start let's start with you a little bit here because you you played football at the U, uh, you roamed around the NFL for a little bit, and then you played rugby at the U as well. Uh, now you're with the Warriors. What's it What's it like? I know you you didn't grow up in Utah necessarily, but you kind of came into this market locally. You got to know what the local fan base is like and what the people are really like here. What's it like for you just starting up this Utah Warriors side? Um, in a lot of ways from scratch, I think, and seeing just the way that you guys have progressed and really meshed with the community throughout the years. Yeah, um, it's been huge. Um, I'll definitely emphasize, you know, the very little time in the NFL that I spent. Um, it, was a blink, it was a blink of an eye and it was over. <laughs> I, hey, I, rem- I remember <laughs> you with my J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets for a little bit. Yes, a little bit. Very, very little bit. Oh, you're, uh, you're a Jets fan? <laughs> I, no. I, I went to school in New York, <laughs> so I, I had to claim either Jets or Giants, and I was like, well, I'm not going to be a Giants fan. So, I mean, default, I had to go with hey. the Jets. Yeah. So, I'm a yeah, Jets fan over here, so uh, let's keep the trash talk to, about the Jets down. <laughs> no, okay, no trash talk, I promise. No trash talk. <laughs> um, but, yeah, but, yeah, John, I just, mean, it's been huge um, to – to be able to one be a part of um, kind of what we did with rugby Utah last year, and just being involved with rugby here in the state of Utah for as long as I have, to to kind of see this basically become alive and um, you know actually be a part of something that's growing here in the state of Utah and be a part of something for the very first time. It's it's a pretty incredible experience for a lot of the local guys and. Um, just to see the sport grow and just to see, you know, these high school kids and these college kids coming up, having a legitimate future and a legitimate option in rugby after high school. Um, it's really exciting. It's, it's, it's really cool to be a part of, especially after the games and you're seeing the kids and you're seeing these, you know, youngsters come up to you and like look up to you as a professional rugby player around here. It's, um, 
it's it's really great. It's a really humbling experience. Yeah, I mentioned both of you guys have a, a pretty good background in football, and that's obviously moved into rugby now. Uh, Alex, how in in what ways, you know, for for someone like me who's maybe a little bit of a novice of the sport of rugby, in what ways do you think? kind of the two sports have really overlapped because it seems like the fan bases are really sort of tied together. They're really closely aligned rugby fans and football fans, and they both kind of get into one, one another, I guess, as a sport, as a sports culture, I guess. Is, is it, is there a lot of natural overlap there? Um, I'd say, I mean, as far as what football fans that enjoy rugby, they usually like the, like, I guess, physicality of the game and, and I guess the pace um, I felt more fans that are interested in, I guess, soccer and sports that are just played overseas a lot more tend to like understand rugby more. Just as seen it being played. A lot of my, I actually had a friend come to a, a game when we played it in Houston, and he his exact words were, "He felt like a throw out as their first football game." So it's it's very confusing, but it, I feel like a lot of people that I talk to. If they don't, if they haven't seen rugby before, they enjoy it and they want to watch more. And if they, I mean, even if they they see a couple games, they just really enjoy the pace and the physicality of the game. But I mean, from a football person watching the game, they're gonna really like the running of the ball and watching people hit and just they're just they're mostly amazed at like what you're doing out there. I feel like from from a league perspective, Major League Rugby, this is obviously the first year of the league. A lot of a lot of you guys and 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 your teammates and even opponents in the league have played pro rugby in the United States uh in former league in- incarnations and now with MLR. Um you guys uh you guys are currently sitting at fourth in the league kind of right on the edge of that playoff line. How how has this league impressed you, or maybe surprised you even in some ways, uh, as we really kind of hit um, uh, kind of the closing stretch of the regular season? Like I mentioned, you guys are your fourth place in the league. Uh, it's a fourteen playoff uh, coming up here in a couple of weeks, and you're just two points behind Austin, a couple points ahead of New Orleans. Has has anything surprised you about MLR? Um, I guess either one of you. Uh, that that maybe you didn't suspect, or 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 maybe just something that you're kind of noticing, like, oh, this is this is cool, this is different. Alex, you want to go first? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> I would say just, I mean, I sort of you sort of coming into it. I mean, I knew everyone was gonna be really like skilled at rugby and just have some a lot of experience under their belt. So, I mean, I would say it's the uh, I would say the pace of the play, the pace of the game at first was a very uh, I don't want to say it was overwhelming, but it was it was a different something new and a change that I had to adjust to. So um, I really enjoy the pace of play, and I just enjoy the competition, even on our team. Just everybody on the team, you know, there's guys behind you that if you're starting and you have someone right up your right up your butt, basically like wanting to start, that's going to push you to that next level and make you work harder. And vice versa, if you're not starting that week, you know that you want to sort of you have people to chase on your team, whereas I felt like what club rugby was sort of, I mean, we barely would have enough guys to fill a team some weeks, and I just really like the, I like the competition aspect of it. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say the the quality had surprised me personally. Um, I've been more than lucky enough to be able to play and be an actual former teammate with half the guys I'm playing against now, which is 
you know, always a fun experience. Um, I think that's been our biggest growth as a team. Um, and it's been tough at times. It's been frustrating. Uh, it's probably, it's probably our toughest hurdle to climb just as a team is knowing like every single game we walk into, we're getting the other team's absolute best shot. And we have to be able to, to answer that. Um, and there's, you know, like you said, we're kind of in that middle ground because there's, there's some games we, we do great and we look like the best team in the league. And there's some games where, you know, we're having like little frustrating things and we lose a game by three points. So I think that's been the biggest positive and negative for us as a team is overcoming that, that little obstacle. And we're getting better and better at every day, but um, I think just like Alex said, for for a lot of our guys uh, who are you know born and raised in Utah and used to like club rugby, I think it took a little bit to get used to it, and I think now we're we're kind of getting in that groove and and we understand what it takes. Yeah, yeah, John, you you mentioned you mentioned right there, kind of maybe some of the the just sort of inconsistencies. I think a little bit that you guys are are trying to get over right there. Uh, one of those is, is with this Austin team that you guys just came off of. Like I mentioned, you're you're coming back into town uh, after a uh, 41 to 33 loss Friday night to Austin Elite. This is a team that you guys beat at your place at Zions Bank Stadium in Harriman. You go down there and and and. Uh, coming off of a tough loss, and that kind of sets up, I think, a really remarkable final stretch where you've got a bye week and then back to back at home. So, so John, what what can you guys kind of take out of Friday night um, to, I guess, push into the playoffs? You know, clean up some things and and really just kind of push into the playoffs and finish out the regular season on a high note with this bye week. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's good. They kind of, they. I've heard a lot of coaches say if you you lose going to that bye week and you got to sit kind of with that bad taste in your mouth for an extra week and you don't get that game, um, that next week to kind of make up make up for that loss and it really sits with you. Um, that's kind of that time when you can take you know the messages that we talked with each other as a team that you talk about in the locker room and. Um, you know, what we felt we need to work on. Sometimes that that gets taken in twofold when when you gotta sit at home for an extra week. Um on the other side of that though, it it will be nice for, for a lot of the guys uh to get some time off, you know. As as Alex said and one of the biggest things is the physicality of rugby and um there's not been a single game that we've ever stepped on in the field that probably hasn't been the most physical game that the league sees that weekend. So I think it's going to be great for the team to freshen up mentally and physically, you know, coming off a tough loss. We'll get back to training um, tomorrow night, get back to working on our system, working on our structure, trusting our structure and uh, getting back to playing some exciting rugby. And I think the last two games are will eventually be the probably the best two games we play all season and then leading into the playoffs it'll get even better. Yeah, building off of that. Yeah, I, I'd say I, bu- building just I was I was actually going to say uh, Alex, building off of that, have you guys talked about kind of the enormity I think of 
of obviously I know you guys try to look you know game to game one game at a time but but just how big this June 16th game against New Orleans is for you guys just in terms of the pace of the yeah. of the season and and you know trying trying to uh, get into the playoffs yeah I mean we haven't um met as a team yet and talked too much about it but I mean I feel like everybody knows in the back of their mind or I mean it's in the front of the front of my mind but I mean it's it's pretty important we co- we come with come away with two victories in this coming month just so that we put ourselves in a place where we're not waiting at the last week last week of the season you know just wondering if we're going to get in or not so we need these two uh, victories and it's just I mean all about putting in the work and then executing everything that we've done in practice into the game. Yeah, so uh, back-to-back home games to finish out the regular season starting June 16th at 2 p.m. at Zions Bank Stadium against uh, NOLA New Orleans, the NOLA Gold. Uh, Two teams, you guys are separated by about three points right now in the standings. Um, Obviously a big game, so hopefully hopefully, uh, Zions Bank Stadium and Harriman will be packed and will be rocking on the afternoon of June 16th for for that game for you guys, uh, for sure. But before we get to that, and Alex, I want to start with you on this one, and then I'll get John's take on this. Uh, but before we get to that, during this bye week, uh, you guys are putting on a cool little uh, uh, kind of fan event promotion, um, I guess. Uh, this Wednesday, June 6th, 12 noon to about 1.30 p.m., if I can pull the flyer up in front of me. You're calling it Pies and Tries uh, at Warrior Field, 3197 Ashton Boulevard in Lehigh. Uh, Alex, I just learned you may or may not have any experience with the famed New Zealand meat pie. Uh, what are you looking forward to with with uh, with this event? I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I haven't had tried a New Zealand meat pie honestly until they brought them in after one of the games, and they were actually really, really good. But I mean, what I'm looking forward to with this event is, you know, just to connect with the fans and talk to them and just, you know, just hang out, see what just like chit chat with them. I mean, cause I mean, they're at all our games and for us. And it's not like after the game, I mean, after the game, we take pictures and fine, but it's not like you really get to get to know them. So it's always nice to like meet new people and whatnot. I enjoy that a lot. So it'll be nice to enjoy some pies with the, with the fans, you know, just, just hang out. What, how, how can you describe, um, the taste, the texture, the consistency, whatever of the New Zealand meat pie as somebody who, who hadn't really tried it until recently, how can you kind of describe it to, to someone like me who's never had one? Yeah. All right. So, so it's like, it's, it's, it's almost like an apple pie crust. Like, you know, that flaky apple pie kind of deal. Okay. So I was thinking like pot pie. So it's, it's not like that. Like pot pie, you said? Yeah. So it's not like a pot pie. It's like a traditional pie. Yeah. No, it's like it's like a yeah pie crust almost. It's really really good. That's what like gets me the most. And then inside of it is meat. I mean, I've never been a huge pot pie person personally, but uh, they're really good. I enjoy them a lot. I didn't think I would, but that crust is is what uh, sets it off, and then finishes it with a delicious uh, meat. What I, I don't remember the meat they had in it, but it was really good. John, are you a fan of the uh, meat pie? <laughs> um, I've actually never had one. Um, I don't really eat meat. Um, so 
Yeah, with the guys, everyone that had them in the locker room when I was in there said they were delicious, and they looked delicious when I was sitting there. But, yeah, I've actually never had one. <laughs> but, yeah, I've heard they're delicious, so everyone should come out and have some. I I feel I feel like the I feel like the meat pie is maybe a little bit of a misnomer because looking at it kind of looking I'm I'm look, currently googling YouTube videos for how New Zealand meat pies are made uh, right now and and looking at like the process it seems like you can take just about anything and put them inside of the pie yeah oh, yeah for sure yeah. yeah it's just a universal uh what, what's the best word yeah. universal conduit to just shove anything in your mouth. You know, I mean, I think it's, I think it's like all, all of the best food in any society is, you know, probably poor people food and whatever they had left, they put it in the pie and it was delicious. That's amazing. So, so meat pies, chicken pies. Yeah. Turkey pies, vegetable pies for guys like John who don't eat meat. I'd eat it. Yeah. Anything you could imagine. Yeah. Anything you can imagine, in, and especially uh, just what Tuji said, anything you put inside that crust is going to be good, so you really can't yeah. go wrong. The That's crust all- is where it sets it off at. The, the crust is where it's at. I'd, rather, I'd, 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 eat, I'd, I'd eat just the crust if they just made them in a crust, you know? Okay. All right. Well, I'm, I'm, really, <laughs> I'm kind of looking forward to this event. I'm getting my... Uh, I'm uh, I'm registering right now. I'm getting my Evite on. Uh, that's June six, noon yeah. to about one thirty, or whenever you guys want to go home. Warriors Field in Lehigh. That's thirty one ninety seven Ashton Boulevard. It's called Pies and Tries. You can register for it online. Uh, that's how you guarantee yourself a meat pie. Um, also, if there are extra meat pies and two tickets. Yeah, and two tickets. That's right, and two tickets. And two tickets. Um, <laughs> yeah. So so get your tickets, get your meat pies. I'm sure if there are extras, uh, we can probably pry them out of the uh, cold, dead fingers of some of the uh, Polynesian players on the team. Uh, Good luck. Yeah, <laughs> but but we'll try to do that at least. So get up there to Warrior Field in Lehigh uh, this Wednesday. And then after that, I mean, the end of the regular season is upon us. Massive match, June 16th, 2 p.m. against New Orleans at uh, Zions Bank Stadium in Harriman. Guys, uh, Alex, John, thanks so much for joining me for a couple minutes here on the Sportsbeat After Hours podcast. Let, let's send you guys off. John, since uh, since we didn't get your, your hot meat pie take, uh, you said you don't eat a lot of meat. What's, what's something that you would take um, and you would throw into this meat pie if you had your way? Um... I don't know. I consider myself a pretty decent cook, but I'd probably do. Um, I'm on the spin now. I'm not sure. Maybe like some curried chickpeas and do like a curry pie. I don't know if people like curry, but make a decent one. And I've actually had one of those in Fiji, and they were delicious. And it was a, it was just potatoes and peas curried potatoes and peas inside that pie crust and like i said anything inside that crust is delicious oh my gosh that sounds amazing and now i'm getting hungry and it is currently about 1 15 in the morning uh and i am starving now so thanks for nothing guys thanks for nothing uh <laughs> anytime you're welcome <laughs> but yeah uh john colin 
and Alex Tucci from the Utah Warriors. Get out to Zions Bank Stadium in Harriman. Support these guys for the uh, final two weeks of the regular season after you show up to the practice field in Lehigh on Wednesday for some delicious, absolutely delicious New Zealand meat pies. Uh, Thanks so much for joining me on the KSL Sports Beat After Hours podcast, guys. Thanks for having us. us Good guys. Good guys. Great talking to them. Um, All right. Well, I think that'll do it for today, tonight, this morning, whatever. It's this morning. We're pretty early in the morning. It's time for us to go home. Yeah, it's it's definitely this morning. Time for us to get to bed. So, uh, as always, I am your host for Sports Beat After Hours. I am Hema Himuli Jr., joined by Sean Walker. Peace. And Zachary Hicken. Deuces. All right. Peace. I've, I've got yeah. three, three wives already.